So I just read on Facebook that a retired Marine was talking about his 17-year career on Mars guarding the five colonies that we have there. On top of that, he spent three years on a space carrier and was defending outer space for us. The space Marines are in full force. So I was reading that today, which was pretty fun. Wasn't much on TV, all on, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, The Godzilla stuff's over, so I can't play that until the new movies come out. If you guys are checking out the new Godzilla stuff, looks pretty cool, man. Sort of destroy all monster vibe to it. Um, So that should be pretty fun. You're listening to the Everyday Sniper, and you got Frank from Sniper's Hide here, and I'm happy to bring you the latest news on this Monday. It may not be for Monday for you listening to it, but it's Monday for me recording it, and um, I'm getting ready to go to shot. I actually, a quick shout out and another, uh, had an uncle pass away. He was actually in the hospital in ICU when I was back home from my dad. Um, he's, uh, my godmother's husband, my uncle Tony. So a shout out to my uncle Tony passed away. Uh, you know, he, he was in the hospital for seven weeks. It's everybody's getting that age. They say it's a, it's a case where you, you reach an age where the world or the, you know, life takes more than it gives. So we're running into that zone where all my uncles and everybody are getting older. And so I'm just not going to be able to go back to Connecticut this week as a shot show right around the corner, getting ready for that getting all my swag and stuff and stickers put together, my invites and my uh, list for all that's going on. I want to bring some news to you. Uh, tomorrow, I'm supposed to be getting the Zero Compromise Optics. So Zero Compromise, Jeff Hubert, um, you know, in company there, they, they left Collis a couple years ago. In fact, they have a former president of Collis, Robert. When I went to Austria... And, you know, spent time there, went to the Jaeger ball and the whole thing. Robert was in charge. And then Sharofsky kind of took that back over and it's back in like Rhode Island now and Uber was gone. So they created the company Zero Compromise. Talked about it last SHOT Show. So we're coming full circle now. New SHOT Show. They have scopes going out to people. I'll have my hands on one probably tomorrow. Other guys are getting them as well. There's some limited dealer scopes out there. You know, like a handful are ready, but they're going to have them at shot. They are ready to go. Minor internal changes. They said other than like a throw lever change, the external features aren't going to look much different. So if you came on Sniper's Hide last year and you checked out the zero compromise stuff from SHOT Show, well, now, you know, it's pretty similar and they are out Uh, One of the things with shot, people always talk about delays and all that stuff. I mean, delays are in every industry. I'm an an Apple guy, you know, iPhone, iPad, all that other crap. And they're talking about, you know, like they're just going to production now with that sort of air power mat, the wireless charging system. All these companies have delays and, and it's better to delay it, get it right than to trickle it out with Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3 and have issues that people aren't happy with. You know, ground up company, zero compromise, but a lot of experience. When you look at, you know, the guys from Europe that are part of it, the Collis crew and Jeff Uber coming from Night Force and all that. But those are hitting the street this week in time for shop. I'm going to talk about it this week before I go. Probably going to throw a little uh, open the box video up, unveiling of it. Because, you know, I'll have one pretty quick. So uh, if you're interested in that zero compromise optic right here, man, the everyday sniper and sniper's hide is the place you want to check it out. 
So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. A uh, couple other things, you know, other appointments. I'm pretty booked up for shot. There, there'll be some little things I'm going to try to interview. I just got, I talked to the um, the Recon Sniper Foundation guys. They're team shooters. Probably going to talk with them on Wednesday before the party. Recon Sniper Foundation, Scout Sniper uh, Association usually has their party at the Leatherneck Club it, shot show. They used to have the annual meetings. They stopped all that. It's I don't I don't don't really get it. And if you're part of the Scout Sniper crew, I liked it at shot. I mean, a few people who couldn't get in, if they really asked, they probably could as well. We didn't have it in a restricted area of shot. You can go to Vegas. It's like the cheapest destination in the country next to Disney. And then you can you can do the the you know uh, what do you call it these um you can attend the show so I don't know but uh, anyway so that's I'm gonna talk with those guys we'll go over what it's like to be sort of the military guys coming out and then going into the precision rifle competition series I'm, I haven't reached out to him but I'm sure it's not gonna be an issue I've had a lot of people want to talk to Jacob, uh, rifles only. Jacob Bynum, you know, where where I kind of got a big start of doing instructing and things like that. I worked there for seven years. Was down there for more than that, probably close to um, nine or something years down there. But seven is as I I was working, and so people have asked me because Jacob started a lot of this stuff. He doesn't say a lot. You really don't see much coming from rifles only, social media wise. But that's where all this started. I mean, if, if you want to look at when these comps and what was going on and the whole history of precision rifle long-range shooting in America, modern, 2000 up, even a little before, because Rifles Only was doing stuff in the 90s, you know. Um, it was called Rifles Only because their association with the Safari Club. His dad was a big Safari Club guy. And, you know, huge mounts. If anybody's been to Jacob's dad's uh house you know the parents house around the corner huge 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 game room and you know big game hunter trophy winner all around the world and that's where rifles only came out of then they did some stuff overseas new zealand australia uh got mixed in with the militaries down there because they were slaying stuff pretty darn far away when nobody else was doing that from a hunting aspect i guess they were knocking wallabies off at something you know 800 1500 yards away and um, people were like, whoa, wait a minute. Nobody does that. He had a 300 wind mag, was on a tar hunt down in New Zealand. And then uh, then it kind of morphed into that, did some of the 338 program stuff down in Australia. A few other things. But there's history there with Jacob. And so I think it's important for you guys to kind of get back and understand the history because let me tell you what. The guys up and talking now, your social media people have no clue. They're Johnny come lately. And, 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 and I don't mean that in a overly negative way i just mean it in a hey man they hadn't been doing this that long and it's a fact so uh shot show i'm going to try to get with some people and do some podcasting interviews we might have to break through a little bit of the sound i, I got the the lavalier mics in my phone and i'm going to try to reduce the sound and play with it software wise but otherwise we should be pretty good um you know i don't i don't want to make it too crazy but anyway that's what's going on with that. We we have the uh, everyday sniper stuff uh, going to be moving around, shot show versus video and all that. It'll be easier to upload, too. I could do it all right from my phone. So, bang, right there it's uploaded. But, hey, man, 
If you really want to know what's going on for shot and things like that, you got to hit the hide. You got to hit the forums. Things will be spilling out every day. People are asking because they're, they're talking about this. They're like a lot of questions on, oh, I want to buy this, but should I wait? Well, yeah, you want to wait to see what's going on at shot, but you also have to understand the timing. Zero compromise is a good, good uh, example of that, right? So... They, they, they had to get that little two-foot booth in the new product section upstairs in order to get a full booth for this year. So they were there with, you know, some prototype stuff. They look at it. They say, yeah, we're going to be out probably by, you know, third, fourth quarter of next year. Well, that didn't happen. They, you know, they came out first quarter this year. Okay, so they had about a quarter, quarter and a half delay. No, no big deal. But you want to know what's going on at shop because sometimes guys do release stuff. You know, you may not be able to buy it right away. Sometimes you can, like the Ashbury gun. We're going to have that Ashbury rifle ready. We'll be doing stuff at shop with it. But you can get it. You, you don't have to wait. So, you know, we put together that. I have a video. Kind of got messed up a little bit because uh, I had to go back to Connecticut. So I had like three quarters of the video done. There was a little bit more I wanted to do on the shooting side, and I didn't get a chance to do it in time. So I put together what I had, okay? I put together everything that I had, and I put a video up, and then I could put the PDFs and the reliefs out. So when it comes this week, you'll have detailed information on what you can get, how much it'll be, and what's going on with it. And you'll be able to see it. See me using it. See the different things going on. Because I did shoot that video. So that's kind of what we're looking to do. With the podcast. Okay. We're going to want to talk to these guys. And see what's going on. We'll try to be as realistic with timelines as we can. That's the hardest part of dealing with shot. Is realistic timelines. Making sure that that you know. Guys know when it's going to come out so you can make buying decisions. This is what it comes down to. But I recommend don't buy anything until after shop. Why? Just because new stuff's going to come out, you know, and, and that's something that, uh, you know, everybody wants to know. Every guy, there's so many people that chase latest and greatest. I, I'm guilty of it, but mainly from a different reason for the other people. I do it because of the website more so than any other reason, but I have to be on top of that, my finger on the pulse, because you have to go to somebody looking for buying decisions, right? Well, what do I do? How do I buy it? And and it's like, should I get it or not? Yeah, no, wait for Gen 2. Yeah, no, get it now, because they're not going to be available forever. It, it, it's that kind of stuff that I'm looking to do, is to, to help you in your buying decisions, instead of, just going out there and saying, you know, yeah, 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 just get it, and then you hate it, you know. It, I'd rather you not buy something twice if you can help it. But I'll be meeting with all the main guys we've been talking about. We'll try to get some interviews in for the podcast and things like that. But um, not to be all, hey, talking about this, going here, haha, I'm going a shot, and you're not. Woo, that rhymes. And, and, and I feel like Reverend Al with that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, I want to I want to go back to some a little bit of knowledge bombing, some education. So I was doing the articles for uh, Gun Digest, my monthly article, and I got one coming out that you guys should check out on box testing your scope, tall target testing. Right? Most people back in the day called it box testing, and we're gonna go back historically a little bit. So most people are talking box testing, right? And what you would see 
going back is grab your guns and ammo. You open up and there's a new Leopold scope on the market. Leopold, right? Whatever the case may be. A new scope out. Cranky old guy does his review. He has his little eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with like a four inch box test. Four inches up, four inches over, four inches down or six up, six over, whatever the case may be. It's tiny. It's on an eight and a half by 11. And don't get me wrong, I'm guilty of it too until you get educated on it. Those little rinky-dink box tests do nothing but tell you whether the scope comes back to zero. You're not testing tracking. You're not doing anything, especially if they're shooting it. Because let's just, let's just kind of hypothetical this out. For the, There's two kinds of box tests. You got a live fire version where you actually lay down and shoot it. And then you got a non-firing version, which we've talked about with the scope tool test, right? So... The firing version, guy gets down, he's on his bench, whatever the case may be. Let's say, because it was probably a hunting rifle with a duplex reticle and barely turrets and the whole thing. You know the story, right? Big old thick reticle and, and you know, crappy pencil barrel. Let's say he's he's a good gun rider and he shot five-eighths of an inch groups for that rifle. Odds are they were probably three-quarter to one inch. How much distance do you have to travel for that error to show up inside the group size, right? You got group size, group center. Where are we within that? Are you within your error factor? So they go do it and they're like, hit the dot, hit the dot, hit the dot, hit the dot, back to zero. Oh, money. It's perfect. You know, they got a big old dot. They're shooting 100 yards within their group size. You're not seeing anything. You need to go that 20, 24, 36 inches of elevation change to get outside the group size. So the error, right, were angles. We've talked about this endlessly. Errors, we angles, errors, angles, angles, errors. We work in angles. The farther you go out, the bigger the angle gets. The distance from left side to right side increases, Okay. Well, we have to do that in order to see the errors appear, okay? That's why we box test with that 36, 48 inches. I like the four-foot level personally. I like to check it far because that also gives me that curve factor, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But you you, you either, you got to do it two ways. You either do it from the top down or from the bottom up. If you're shooting at live fire, and I'm going to continue talking the live fire part of it, if you're shooting it via live fire, you have a central aiming point at the bottom. You want to make that as small and tight as physically possible with your scope. You need a defined, precise aiming point at the bottom so you're not moving around. That's one. Two, you got to look at your group size and how well you're shooting this equipment and what's going on, magnification on your scope, the whole thing. So then you got your little aiming point in the center. You dial up your prescribed Miller MOA. You're going to go up your 3.6 inches or you're going to go up your one mil or you're going to go up whatever the case may be. You're going to adjust elevation up. And your tall target should have a leveled line on it and then some defined points that are a known value. One mil, X number of MOA, whatever the case may be. So... Right, that three, six, four inches is usually perfect for people. So you make a mark there. And you want a small little dot right in that area too, or a line to look at your mean average and center, that kind of stuff, right? Then you're going to go up 
another month, another month, another month for that 36 to 48 inch span that you're you're looking at. Hold center, dial up, shoot. It should impact on your reference mark and on the line to look at your vertical left and right to make sure nothing's canting, nothing's tracking off center. Round scope tube, round erector assembly inside, single leaf spring at the bottom. So as you get farther up and you're dialing your turrets out and you're making room for the spring to push the erector up against those turrets, that's holding pressure, right? So you got a single spring under there holding pressure, the erector against the turret. As you dial the turret, the spring takes up that slack and keeps it there. That's where sort of the old-time backlash came in because they use that copper beryllium spring. Copper beryllium, say that three times fast. They use that copper beryllium spring, and they said it had memory because it was a copper-based spring. Like Night Force has like their titanium-based spring, and this guy uses their stainless steel spring. We really should be using coil springs. I think like Shirovsky P... Uh, the pH, the professional hunters used to have coil springs in them to go straight up and down and, and not to an angle. So round erector, round tube, you start pushing off to the side. You can see a curve as you get farther away from the center. So that's why you want to go almost, you should do 100% of your usable elevation adjustment, but maybe not. You, I Like I said, 36, 48 inches is a happy medium for me. That gets you out to distance and you'll know what's going on. Better record keeping means better results. Boom. So we go out there and we do the box test and we shoot it and we see what's going on and we make sure we're not curving off that line to the left or right anymore. We have to think about our group size. We have to think about our accuracy. We have to look at all those things because it's a combination of the system. Your rifle system is you, the shooter, your rifle, your scope, your ammo. We can even go further and say it's your bipod, it's your scope mounts, it's your magazine types, right? All that stuff is part of the system. Anything that can potentially fail or cause errors, is part of the system. So we have to take all that into account when we do a live fire box test, okay? So then we go through that. But what we do and what you'll see in like a lot of my videos and what we talk about and what we do in the class is we take our scope off. It's not a bad thing to do a monkey drill with the scope, okay? Take them on, take them off, play with them back and forth, see how they return to zero. I call it a monkey drill because it's those kind of goofy little monkey drills we used to do in the Marine Corps boot camp. You know, they're, 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 they're training the puppies to, to march. And so the puppies get bored and start, you know, looking at everything and thinking about stuff. So then they do the silly monkey drills where, where you're, it's all like kind of silent drill teamy, back and forth, cut in, oblique this way, that way, the other way. You know, it, that's a monkey drill. So taking your scope off to me is kind of a monkey drill, right? But it's not a bad thing to do once in a while to check that return to zero. So we take that scope off. We put it on something heavy. Attach a pick rail, whatever you have to do. I see guys clamping stuff. They're doing all kinds of stuff to prevent movement. The least amount of movement in the, in the system 
is going to be best. If you have a lead sled, lock your rifle into it, weight it down a little bit. You can even put a, a, a nylon tie on there to, to really get it tight and then put some weight on the lead sled. You don't need a third party if you already have something similar, but you want to lock that scope down so it doesn't move. No movement in the system. That's why our, our target tool is 30 pounds, right? That T that you see is freaking heavy, so don't move. Then, opposite now. When you shot it, you were aiming at the bottom of the target and dialing up, and then your strikes were going higher. Well, when you're looking through it and you're watching it, you put the reticle at the top. When you dial the same up elevation, the reticle will then go down and track along, and you can watch it. If it's bagged in nice and tight, heavy, you know, deal, you can watch it go as you dial it, okay? You may get a little pop and skip, but it'll it'll track pretty smooth, you know, do it a couple five, couple five, couple five, and then you're good. So we're testing that tracking to make sure it's following the line and it doesn't want to curve off of it a little bit and that it's hitting its marks as it's going and you want to see start and finish, right? Then you can put the number in and figure out if there's a percentage error. Now, this is where it hurts people's feelings, okay? So if you're sensitive... And you know who you are. Shut off right now. Turn it off. Mute. Put me on mute for the next few minutes. Okay. Got me muted? Good. All right. So for the sensitive types, hate to tell you this, but $1,500 now is considered a low-budget scope. Fifteen and below is low-budget. Okay, that's your base entry-level optics run in there in some way. Yes, some people go a little cheaper. Other people go a little more expensive. Depends on brand recognition. Depends on reticle. Depends on a lot of different things. A lot of that money get, can get wrapped up into the reticle. If it's a Horus in something that costs 1500 bucks, almost 400 of that is for the reticle. So really, we're talking like $1,100 scope, and then they get a fancy reticle in there. They charge a little more. Maybe they got zero stops or something like that. But $1,500 is still... Every bit the same scope as a lot of these $1,000 ones. They just can command a little bit more money. No biggie. That's how it works. We find a 2% error, and we've mentioned this a dozen times on this podcast, pretty common. Okay? Between 1% and 2% errors are pretty darn common, and that's usually within spec for these companies. So this is why. We box test. I don't care really what you spent on your scope. I still box test the Schmitz, man. I don't care if I spent 3500 bucks on the scope. I'm going to box test the zero compromise. Don't care what it costs. I'm checking it. I'm checking it. I'm not taking their word for it. I like those guys. I like Uber. Uber's straight with me. You know what I mean? When we talk to each other, there, there's no, you know, dancing around and buzzwords and all this. We talk straight. I'm checking it. All right? That's how it works, man. That's how the game is played. Not personal. It's, it's my stuff. I got to make sure it works. I want to know what's going on. Not to gotcha anybody because if it's that 2%, it's no big deal. You just put it in your software that way and you're good. It's like, you know, two decimal places off. I can live with that. You can't dial like that small is usually where it is, but it's in there and it compounds the farther we out. That's the biggest thing. We shoot farther than we ever have before. We're shooting far. The farther we shoot, the more critical this stuff becomes. I, but I, 
Oh, I just said it earlier. God, oh, how many minutes ago? Oh, like 12 minutes ago, 14 minutes ago? Angles. Angles. Angles grow the farther you go. They grow as you go. And that's why we check this stuff. Because I want to shoot far and I want to make sure my numbers are good. Another thing on the live fire stuff is... They, man, they right, right. They got a call right in the middle of my shit. They got to call me right in the middle. Decline. I don't even know who that is. Keen. I don't know anybody. Keen. That might be Adam. Who knows? Anyway, so got that canceled off. It, it, so anyway, uh, I, like I said, the angle grows. So we want to make sure we're precise the farther out we go. You may never see this inside 500. You may never see it inside 600. If that's how far you shoot, if that's your range, you're not going to see it. But if you're 8, 9, 1,000, 1,200 yards, this stuff will appear. Okay? It's going to show up. That's why we check it. That's why software's off. That's why people have issues. So I got a rifle. I know my dope for this rifle. Hey, man, I use 7.2 mils for this 6.5 Creedmoor. I've shot it with this scope, that scope, the other scope. 7.2 mils will hit me at 1,000 yards. If I put a scope on it, all of a sudden I need 7.4. Wait a minute. I know what this rifle does. It's not shot out. It's got good barrel life. Everything's fine. I know this guy, 7.2 mils under these conditions with this density altitude. 7.2 is right. But now you need 7.4. Scope might be jacked. Might be an issue there. We talked about that with rings, right? We've gone into so much detail in the older podcast. We've got a lot of new people listening. Well, new year, new people listening. We're going to repeat ourselves a little bit. I hate it. Sorry, but we're doing it. We're trying to send these points home, bullet points home, okay? What it is is that the rings, okay? Certain rings that are out of round, that are low money, spend some good money on rings, right? Especially like the, those those vertically split ones that are not round to begin with and are all messed up. They'll work when you dial out. They don't work when you come back. That's where you start to see the problems, okay? So you, you may dial out okay, but then you come back and now it's off and then you dial out a second time and it's off more and it keeps kind of ratcheting the error. Goes bigger, comes back. Grows bigger, comes back. Grows bigger, comes back. And it, it just doesn't return to zero. That could be a ring issue. Swap rings. Spend more money on rings. Spur rings. Spur's got his new hunting line. Going to check those out at SHOT Show. We're going to be at the ATAC range at SHOT. So if you guys can come out to the LE section or the law enforcement, there was I got this crazy email from SHOT Show. They got their heads so far up their butts, man. So they're like, you can't come to range day. You don't have the right badge. I'm like, what? I don't even know why I keep getting this email that says, well, somebody put me on a list for range day not knowing I'm working range day. And my badge, even though it's an exhibitor badge and I'm working the range four mile high, they're like, you can't come. I'm like, what is this even? Why can't I come? I got a damn exhibitor badge. I'm going to go wherever the hell I want. Why can't I go to range day? I'm going to range day. I'm working range day. I just happen to be working the ATAC range day. And let me tell you what, I worked it last year too. Been there the years before. You guys got your head so far up your ass, you don't know what you're doing anyway. You don't know who's there, who's not there, and what's going on. You could barely friggin' function as as that kind of deal. But anyway, side tangent, you know the deal. Friggin' aliens. Mind, mind, mind control. Mind control. Yep. Subliminal. Subliminal. I'm saying subliminal. 
So anyway, so that's why we're tall target testing. That's why we go through this. You can go to box to bench precision, Joe over there online, box to bench precision.com. There is snipers high tall targets you can get. Targets USA makes that test tool. Uh, uh, we know we got pictures from the schoolhouse. They're being used. We sent them to the schoolhouses around the country and stuff like that for the military guys. We grabbed about six of them and scattered them around the country. It might have been more than that. I don't remember. It might have been nine. Um, any, but we sent a bunch around. It's a good tool to have. If you're a company, if you're a business and you're mounting stuff and doing all that, it's totally worth having a system put together that you can check a scope for somebody that you're mounting and just run it up and run it back and say, hey, man, it might save you a little customer service giving it a quick check when you mount it for a guy. Put it in the rings, tall target test it, make sure it looks pretty good, and then put it on the box. And if it's off, you can say, hey, man, it's 2% off. It's in spec, but we know we got a 2% error. Here's your correction factor. Put that in your software. So then you're, you do, you're doing the guy a solid, you know what I mean? Because, I mean... You, you hear, because I, I deal with Mike and Mile High and all those guys there. I know what gets returned. I, I, I hear them complain, man, this is the third scope of this kind that came back in the last month. This don't work. They get mad. They drop brands. They don't, you, you know what I mean? So th- there's a lot. It was scope's your mechanical device. It's the weakest link in your system. You got to make sure it's working. Got to make sure everything's good because that is the weak link in the system. It's going to break far quicker and more often than anything else on that rifle. And trust me, I've broke them all. I, I, I can't think of really anybody I haven't had some minor issue. Night Force probably has the best track record with me, um, you know, but other than that, I mean, everybody has a onesie-twosie because I, I deal with so much. I mean, that's that's a big key. Why are you listening to Frank? Why does it matter? Well, it's, it's an experience thing, and it's that um, being, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm spacing the word out. It's it, uh, Again, mind control, man. It's freaking aliens got in my brain. Um, it, 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 it's it's one of those things where I, I'm, I'm uh, it's not subject, but I'm, I experience a wide variety of shooters and equipment, okay? And, and again, I'm, I'm spacing on the word right now, but you guys know what I mean, right? I'm, I sit there and I see a lot. And I'm not anecdotal on one or two. I'm anecdotal on a hundred or two, you know, a lot bigger. So when you see guys, wow, mine works great. It's like, okay, how many of those do you have? And how many have you seen? Well, I got mine and, you know, my, my friend shoots a savage. It's like, well, okay, you got one. I've seen 10 of those and eight of them not work. Glad yours works. This one doesn't. These don't. You know, I see a lot of those weird comments on YouTube and all this other stuff. People don't know. I mean, guy came on Sniper's Hide the other day and was, mar, 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 mar. why is he doing this? This place is that. He thought I was just some investor after the scout thing. I own it. I always owned it. It's mine. Okay, I just let Scout lease it for me and put it in their mall. Their mall sucked. It shut down. I pulled my store out and put it back where it was. That's all. But anyway, it's always been mine. And that's the thing. It's like, oh, we just thought you were just some mod guy. We just thought you were just whatever. It's like, no, I own it and I started it and I done this, you know. So anyway, that's what we're doing. We're trying to take those life experiences and 
unveil them for you. So that way there you can learn from the other's mistakes or you can learn from someone else's success. Either or, whether it's a mistake or a success, there's a learning, there's a lesson in both of them. And that's what we're trying to impress with the Everyday Sniper Podcast. Because we're there and we're doing our thing. And it's just like totally awesome, man. I dig it. So again, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening. Don't forget to comment. Go in there and even if you drop a little comment in the Podbean app. Because Podbean's paying attention. And we want our, you know, we want next year to be as successful as this year. So we want 2019 to look a lot like the end of 2018 when Podbean's like, hey, Everyday Sniper, you guys got a good podcast going on. Well, you guys make the podcast. So pop in, comment. Um, last episode with the dot drill stuff. Thank you. Guys have posted a bunch of links on Sniper Side Forum, Everyday Sniper thread sections on the dot drills. So you can find and download the dot drill information. The membership there is so great, man. They're proactive. They jump on it. They hear it on the podcast. There's three guys posting links. Hey, here's a dot drill from Impact Data Books. Here's a dot drill from Storm uh, Data Books. Here's a dot drill from this. Here's a dot drill. They're there everywhere. They're really easy to make. They're a useful tool. There's something I highly recommend you use. That could be your warm up. You know what I mean? Do a do a twenty a one box of ammo warm up. Do it twenty rounds. You know what I mean? And and you're good. Now you're warmed up. You're ready to go. Then you can move forward. You got all that, that you know, cold body, cold mind out of your system. You're, you, you No more flinching. No more this. No more that. You've settled in. And now you're ready to make some accurate shots. But don't forget checking to make sure you're good right out of the gate. I was reading an article. Somebody roasted something, posted something about Halfcock when he was in. I don't know if it's true. Uh, who knows? It, it it sounds a little odd, but maybe. But supposedly they, they were in the Marine Corps. They were on the um shooting team. And, you know, they didn't know who Halfcock was, but he was part of the team. And this had to be in the 70s and stuff like that. And, you know, he's like, oh, I need to zero my rifle. I'm new to the Marine Corps shooting team. And what Halfcock did was like, okay, shoot one round. He looked at it. He did the call. He did the, you know, where's your call? Where did it hit? Where did it strike? You know, questioned the shooter, made a slight adjustment for the shooter on his optic, and then sent them home. Said, go clean your gun. Now, I don't believe in the clean your gun part, but okay, whatever. So he sends him home to go clean his gun. Next day he shows up, does it again. One, you know, one round, goes through the whole process, makes this minor scope adjustment, Settle right, everything's good. Tells the guy, take as much time as you need to shoot the one round. It's done. Yep. Go clean your gun, go home. And he does this for X number of days. And and so the guy's saying that's how Halfcock taught him to zero his rifle by shooting one round. And the justification being you're only gonna have that one round on the deer, one round on the general, one round on whatever the case may be. It's all about that one good shot and to make sure you can do it. There's, there's there's a lesson in that for darn sure. And and I almost like to take a paper, a target, put it up on a separate kind of board or separate sheet and do your cold bore. And I'll do like, you know, three rounds, take it down, put it away. Then bring it up the next range trip and do three rounds, take it down, put it away. Three rounds, take it down, put it away and keep them. And then look at them at the end of, 
you know, 10 range sessions. You should have 30 shots. You could do, you could do, you know, two shots each or whatever the case may be. Like I said, cold bore, make sure you do more than one, three minimum, if you're asking me. But take your shots, put it away. Take your shots, put it away, and see what the what the rifle's doing. This is where that better record keeping means better results, right? You're gonna do this every single time. You're gonna make sure all this stuff is in place, all of this works, and, and it's test and go home. It's it's monotonous in a lot of ways. It's part of being that sniper thing. It's that patience, it's that time, it's you know, a stalk takes four hours and it's I mean, when we used to, when they used to get mad at us, they used to send us to what they call the pull table, and hardly anything to hide behind. And to make matters worse, in the middle there was like a swampy area that had cattails. I learned to cut a damn cattail down to get past it without waving and shaking it with my clippers. Like hold it, cut it, lower it. 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 And that took a long ass time to cut your way through cattails to bring a cattail down so it's not waving when you crawl by, you know, or one of the other tricks is to get in a spot close to something like that and then tie your 550 cord. And then when you shoot, kind of snap that 550 cord and make the cattail move so they see the movement behind you and away from you. It's like, oh, it's over there, but really I'm over here because I got 25 feet of a 550 cord dragging behind me and I can pull it. So... Stuff like that, man. That's where that patience factor comes in. That's where that that's where the the sniping lessons come into play. Where it's practicing your cold bore every time you show up, recording that data, and just doing the same thing over and over again, so that the results are perfect. And that it's you know, uh, was it um, amateurs practice till they get it right, uh, professionals practice till they can't get it wrong. Kind of like that, that little Lindyism. I don't know where it came from. Somebody probably tell me. Post it in the comments. Where'd that come from? I don't know. I didn't get to look it up. You guys look it up for me. You tell me where the heck that thing came from. But anyway, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that we're looking to do. That's the commitment to precision rifle. It's think of man's sport, right? Think about handgun and carbine. Bullet goes where your finger's pointing. If I got a handgun, I point right at the target. I fire and I hit it. Got a carbine inside that 100 yards. I point right at it. I fire, I hit it. No biggie. Now, I've got to start dealing with drop and drift, right? I go out farther. I'm, I'm shooting three feet over here and two feet over its head, and it's going to drift back into target and go where I want. I'm, the, the bullet is not going where the barrel's pointed. That's the difference. Weaponized math, all those little friggin' terms that everybody likes to use, you know. i got weaponized math happening here, man. Weaponized. So, anyway... More stuff coming up this week. Let me know what you want to see, what you want to hear. If there's anything that's shot I may not know of, post it in a comment. Hey, say, Frank, hey, don't forget to check out XYZ's new greatest widget that my buddy told me about. I'll go check it out if I got time. I'm usually going to walk by it anyway so I can stop in and go look at it. If it catches my fancy, I'm going to camp out a little bit and, and learn some more. If it's not something I'm into, I'm going to walk on past. That's how it goes because my time's limited. Shots like freaking forever. I got my suit on usually. I'm wearing sneakers. Okay, I got to bring my Nike sneakers. Although you're not supposed to wear Nike anymore, I guess. But anyway, I got to wear my Nike sneakers so I can run these aisles. And, oh, I got a meeting at 12. No, I got to go. I got a meeting at 1. No, I got to go the opposite way. And you end up going six floors over and over here. Then it's like, oh, three over here and two over here. You go miles, man. My, my, my watch is going to have a workout when I'm done with this one. So, all righty, guys. 
You've been listening to the Everyday Sniper. I want to thank you for the support. Uh, let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what wants to go on, where I need to go more in depth. We got a list of uh, things we're going to be doing. We'll be talking to people at shot. We'll be bringing you some really good episodes coming up. But after that, you know, there might be something that I haven't touched on, right? You need me to expand on because we, we, we touched on a whole lot of stuff over the last year, okay? So like I said, some of it's going to repeat, but I don't want to repeat it in the exact same way in which I said it the first time. I want to change it up if it needs clarification. So make sure you kind of drop me a note and say, hey, clarify this. What's going on with that? What the story? All right. Gotcha, man. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. This new thing, this call-in, I think is going to work much better. I'm doing a different record this way. I'm going to bring it out clean. So uh, we'll see what happens here. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming into the one computer through the deck. The new deck looks like it's working really good, and it's going to be a nice signal for you. And the phone part of it seems like it's cleaning it up. I'm going to look at it one more time and have somebody call in. And, and we'll try it, but I really think the phone is going to be an extra extra level of perfection for you guys to hear both sides of the conversation in a really, really good way. So that's going to be the key uh, moving forward. But uh, the deck's in place and everything's good. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Sniper Podcast. I really appreciate it. This is Frank, and I'm out. So get in my spaceship. <laughs>